Hello, everyone, and welcome to my Papa's podcast, Celebrating the Word with Dean Caldwell Ministries. Hello, everyone. We want to welcome you today to Elevating the Word. This is a Bible study intended to increase your faith, increase your knowledge of God so you can walk closer to the Lord and have a relationship with God like you've never had before. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the podcast today. We are so glad that you have tuned in. Just a few quick announcements up front. Uh, number one, we have the YouTube channel that is now up and running uh, for Brother Dean's ministry. So you can head over to YouTube and type in Dean Cobble Ministries and uh, pull up all the Encouragement Wednesdays, and we'll be working on some extra videos to get in there. Um, but also, we have that, and then also we have the Facebook page, which is also Dean Cobble Ministries. Try to keep it simple, as can be, so you can follow it across all kinds of platforms. And so, so head over to Facebook at Dean Cobble Ministries to keep up with encouraging posts where Brother Dean's going to be in revival. Um, Encouragement Wednesday videos are also there and things of that nature. Uh, then we have the email, um, again, elevatingtheword at outlook.com. We'd love for you to send your thoughts, your prayer requests, um, and your questions to the email, elevatingtheword at outlook.com. And then lastly, there are giving options down in the show notes of the podcast that you can go down there and click, links to click on. Um, we'd greatly appreciate that if you would like to support Brother Dean's ministry and this has been a blessing to you there's one way to um, just bless him so with all that out of the way last week we tried to talk about the temple and then my big mouth got us going somewhere else so sorry about that Brother Dean Um, so we're going to pick back up on the temple uh, in Revelations 21 and 22 all right Rob we did get sidetracked last week but it was good both of us felt like it was a needed thing to deal with some issues and some questions that had yes. arisen. But uh, in Revelation 21, we, we concluded a uh, week before last now uh, the end time series on mm-hmm. just the events. We did not go deep yeah. into the tribulation period and things like that, just what uh, the Word of God says concerning the events in chronological order as they will appear in the end of end of this thing. But when you get to the new heaven and the new earth, the description of that is in Revelation 21 and chapter 22. But in 21, chapter 21 and verse 22, now this is the new heaven, new earth. He said, I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. That scripture gives us some insight as to what a temple is all about in God's language and in God's sight. Hmm. There was no temple in the new heaven and the new earth, and here's why. Because we will be dwelling. The Lamb, he said, the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. So we will be living with them on a day-by-day basis. So now then, with that said, that's God's explanation as to why there was a temple to begin with. Now let's go back to the beginning of this thing in the book of Genesis, whenever uh, is Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, after Adam and Eve had fallen, after they had disobeyed God, believe what the devil said instead of what God said, 
Then the Bible said in verse 8 of Genesis 3, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees in the garden. This indicates that God visited with Adam and Eve on a routine basis. Here's why I say that. They heard his voice, they knew exactly who it was, and they hid from him. Mm-hmm. So it's a routine visit that happened there, but it has always, always through the scripture been God's want to and God's desire to live and dwell with mankind and mankind live and dwell with him. Mm-hmm. That's always been God's objective from the beginning of this thing. And so he set it up. He set it up. He made Adam and Eve in his image and his, after his likeness. And he was able to visit with them on a one-on-one basis. Then after the fall, there was a change that was made. And the first time you're going to see this change that was made, it's recorded in Genesis 5. Now keep in mind, I just read a scripture to you out of Genesis 3 and 8. Genesis 5 and verse 21 through verse number 24, Enoch was 65 years old when he begot Methuselah. And listen to this, Enoch walked with God. And then verse 24, Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. This is the first uh, writing here of the change that was made. God no longer come down to walk with man, but man has the responsibility of walking with God. Mm. That was man's responsibility. And, yeah. and, and that set a precedence all the way through the scripture. The fact is that's chapter five. And for someone that may want to do more study on this, uh, chapter six and uh, verse uh, number nine, he said, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and Noah uh, was perfect in his generations and Noah walked with God. Mm-hmm. Chapter 17, Abraham walked with God in verse number four. And it goes like that all the way through the word of God. But it has always been God's intention to walk, to talk, and to live with mankind. That has been the intention from the beginning. Now then, whenever you go to to the book of Exodus chapter 25, after Israel had come out of Egypt. They have crossed the Red Sea. Now they're headed to Canaan land. And God spoke this to Moses in chapter 25 and verse number eight. He said, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Wow. Hmm. There's where it's all written right there. Make me a sanctuary. Let me put that in just uh, everyday lingo. God said to Moses, make me a church house. And he said this for this reason, that I may dwell among them. Why is that? God could no longer walk freely among mankind because of man's sin. And he had fallen from the original creation that God made him to what he has become today and that is flesh, and then the Bible said no man, and you can look that up, no man has looked on the face of God and lived, but if you look that up, that is flesh. 
man's flesh. Flesh cannot look. Moses saw the backside of God, mm -hmm. and his flesh glowed so much, they had to veil him because he was in the first stages of incinerating mm. just because he saw the backside of God yeah. as God passed by because God said, Moses, you can't look on my face. Why is that? God's a holy God. He is immortal. He is everlasting. You and I are mortal, and we, are, we have a timeline mm -hmm. on us. So our flesh cannot, it cannot live in, in the presence of God to its fullest. Now, we're to walk in the Spirit, but we won't have the fullness of God until we're changed or, from, or when this soul and spirit leaves this flesh body and goes into the presence of God. Verse 9 of Exodus 25 now, remember 28, he said, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I showed thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the instructions thereof, even so make ye it. Now, let me explain verse number nine. Verse number nine is repeated in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews. So uh, we're getting to something right now. So I want people to follow us here in the scripture. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse number 5. Hebrews 8 and verse number 5. Listen to it. He said, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle for see, saith he, thou shalt make all things according to the pattern, according to the pattern shown to thee in the mount. Now here's what he's saying there, going back to Exodus 25, when God was speaking to Moses here, and he said, make me a tabernacle I may dwell among them, according to that which I have shown thee, the pattern of the tabernacle, even so make you it. He wanted to, to dwell, but when God spoke to Moses to build a church house, there wasn't a pattern to follow. This is the first record of a church house. Mm. This was a first record of a temple of God in the scripture. So Moses said, Lord, what am I going to do? And God just rolled the heavens back and gave him a pattern of a church house or tabernacle to build. That's in Exodus 25 verse 9. It's in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse number 5. But now then, if you will, if you'll turn with me to Exodus chapter 33 and uh, verse uh, 33 and verse number 7, he gives us a little more detail here. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, was, which was without the camp. Here's, here's, this scripture's telling you what it's all about. God could no longer walk with man because of man's sinful condition. But Moses built me a tabernacle, and this scripture said Moses set the tabernacle without the camp. And here's why. He said, so people that want to seek the Lord will come to the tabernacle. Boy, 
I'm telling you, that's against, that goes against the grain of what's being said today. Yeah. God put emphasis on his church house, a place together to seek God. Now, you can seek God anywhere. I hear people say all the time, well, I'll, I'll just have church at home. You can, yeah. but I doubt if you do. Having church at home is not listening to a preacher on television. Mm-hmm. you got to get involved. That's right. There's worship. There's praise. There's prayer. There is sanctifying yourself before God and receiving the word of God. Mm-hmm. If you're doing those things, then you are having church at home. If you're not, you've missed it a long way. Yeah. You've missed it a very long way. And when we get into this thing a little bit, I'm going to show you there's a church house that still exists in heaven. There's a church that still exists in the heavens itself, the third heaven to be exact, where God lives. And we'll show you that from the scripture. But all the way through the word of God, God said, build me a tabernacle, let them come. Solomon built a tabernacle. And the whole point that of the tabernacles in Exodus 33 and verse number seven, so they will come and seek the Lord. Now, I know there's a lot of people who said, well, church is full of religion and church is full of trouble and church is this and church is that and they have so many restrictions and blah, blah, blah. That, that may be true, but keep this in mind. A church house and a congregation of people is two different things. That's right. The church house is a gathering place to meet God. Mm-hmm. Now, the people that go there, now, individually, we should be temples, and let me think where this is at. I want to make sure and put scripture on this because I don't want somebody writing me, telling me, well, this is that. And if you're going to write me, please back it up with the word of God. Mm-hmm. Back it up with some scripture so I can answer you with scripture as well. But here's the thing. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 19 and 20. He said, what know you not that your body is a temple, is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Mm -hmm. Individually, we are a temple. Corporately, when you get a bunch of temples together, you've got a sanctuary, Mm -hmm. a place of praise, a place of worship, a place to honor God. It's, It's always been amazing to me that no matter what the nominal faith you are, what kind of religion background you are, we all have the same order of worship. We have prayer, praise, and the word of God. Mm -hmm. There'll be singing, there'll be prayer time, and then there will be some rendition of the word of God. It doesn't make any difference if you're Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist, Pentecostal, All of that is the order of worship. And here's why that is, Rob, because of how God made us. Mm. And and I know you have heard me go through uh, a podcast back some months back about the spirit, the soul, and the body. But let me remind you the reason God made us like that. And that is this. And uh, let me just take a brief time here. uh, to explain what I'm talking about in the book of first Thessalonians chapter number five uh, and uh, verse uh, 23, he said, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. 
W-H-O-L-L-Y, not H-O-L-Y, which mm-hmm. holy means complete. The very God of peace sanctify you holy. I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that there was a fellow uh, wrote me here a while back and said that someone had told him that you don't have a soul until after you're saved. That, that's not soul. Mm-hmm. When God creates you in the womb, he puts you as spirit, soul, and body. You have a soul. Mm-hmm. You have a soul. Now, to, to give an antidote on that, if a person don't have a soul uh, to, uh, uh, until they're saved, then the scriptures that talk about the soul of man going to hell. That's right would be null and void. And there's too many scripture in the word of God to back that up. So you're made spirit, soul, and body, and you're made that so God can connect with you. Mm. God made you a spirit man. He made you soulish, and he gave you a body. Your body's what your natural parents gave you. Your soul and your spirit is the eternal part of you, which means two parts of you is eternal, and only one part of you is natural. Now then, let's put this together with the word of God. In John chapter 4 and verse uh, 24, John 4, 24, he said, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit, in spirit and in truth. So God gave us a spirit man so we could connect with him. Now, Rob, the word of God is the only thing that can distinguish the difference between the soul and the spirit. Now, you and I look at each other, we see the body, and uh, when God calls his breath home, the inner man, the soul and spirit no longer dwells in that temple, but it leaves. If you're saved, it goes in the presence of God. And uh, so the word of God distinguishes the difference between the soul and the spirit. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, he said, for the word of God. He starts out telling you the word of God. For the word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing. Now watch this, piercing even to dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and the mire, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. So the word of God gives us a definition of what the spirit of man is and what the soul of man is Mm. or the housing part of them. Let me just hit this real briefly here. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11 and verse 12, he said, for what man knows, K-N-O-W-S, For what man knows the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Mm. Even so the things of God knoweth, I'm reading out the King James Mm -hmm. now, I should say knows no man but the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God that we might know Mm. the things freely given to us of God. My Lord, we could preach an hour on those two verses right there. There's three spirits, spirit of man, spirit of God, spirit of the world. All three of them is in those two verses of scripture. 
But it starts out saying, for what man knows the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Your spirit man houses your knowing, your intellect. Now, keep in mind, that's not all it does. But this scripture says it does. And I'm going to go with that. Because it said, for what man knows the things of God, save the spirit of man which is in him. Now then, when you go to the book of Psalms, chapter 42, uh, verse 5 and verse number 6, the psalmist here gives us some idea of the part that the soul plays inside of us. And keep in mind, this is not all it does, Mm -hmm. but here's a scripture that you can base some things on. In verse 5 and verse 6, he said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, S-O-U-L? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Verse 6, O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, the Hiramites, and the Hilmazar. Hmm. He's talking about the soul housing the emotions, the emotions of mankind. Now you hmm. take intellect and you take feeling and emotion and you put them together, then you have got attitude, you've got constitution, you have a will that takes the soul and the spirit, all of that, that makes mankind's makeup about him, and that's where we are. But now then, watch this. When you go to the house of God, the praise part affects your emotions. I hear people say, I'm not emotional. Yes, you are. God made you emotional. Mm -hmm. You may not be emotional as other people, but you do have emotions, and you can be touched. You can be touched. And that's the reason why people cry. That's the reason why they praise God. That's the reason why some people give a whoo, a hoot mm-hmm. with, for God. They're feeling what's taking place at that time. Yeah. The, the singing, the music that's happening in that service is ministering to the soul of mankind. Then you have the preaching of the word. The word is what gives us knowledge about God, and that touches your spirit man. So the church is designed to minister to the whole person of mankind. It's made so we can feel God. It's made so we can know him. That's the reason Paul says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. I know in whom I have believed, not guesswork. Now, I know there's been people that's made the statement, well, I don't believe you really know whether you're right with God until the end of time. You better know. Yeah. You better know, and the Bible lays it out so you can. Yeah. You may know him. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. I know that I have passed from death unto life because I love the brethren. The knowing, the knowing, the knowing. God made you so he could could minister to you and from a service with people getting involved in their worship with God. You can come to the house of God and be down and out and be all kinds of uh, distraught 
and just sit there when people around you start singing, they start their worship time, they start lifting up the name of the Lord, that rubs off. There's a feeling of the presence of God. That's a reading Psalms 22 and uh, uh, verse uh, number three. He said, thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. The word inhabit means to take up residence. Here's what that's saying. When they start praising me, God said, I'll just move in and set up housekeeping. Mm -hmm. I am going to move in when you start your praise and your worship to God Almighty. So God designed us so he could touch us. He designed us so we could worship and we can touch the heart of God. God loves the praises of his people, and God designed us for that. Well, Rob, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that part, but I would like to go into something uh, that I think is very relevant here, and it's on a need-to-know basis, and I'm going to read these scriptures to you, and you understand when we read these scriptures, we are referring to a temple of God in heaven. There is a church house still in heaven that God's the pastor of. Mm. Wow. And we're going to read about that several places here in the word of God. I'm going to start in the book of Revelation chapter five and verse number nine. He said, and they sang a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book to open the seal thereof. For thou was slain and has redeemed us by God, he said, and out of ever tongue and kindred people and nation. When you get to this point here, they're singing a new song, and they're not just singing it in heaven, they're singing in the temple of God. And the Bible said the, they, they opened, uh, uh, the, they sang a song saying, worthy to take the book and to open it and to enjoy the blessings of God, of who God is, and what he's all about. I'm going to take a little detour here because there may be people start clicking me off, but if I read it out of the Bible, then you're still responsible for what's in the Bible. That's right. Listen to this. In verse 9 of Revelation chapter 5, they sang a new song. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing people to go today that would just go bonkers if you sing a new song, but mm-hmm. watch this. Go to Revelation chapter 14 and verse 3. And they sang as it were, uh, and, and they sang as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts, the elders, and no man could learn that song mm-hmm. but the hundred and forty-four thousand which are redeemed from the earth. Mm-hmm. Wow. They sang the song that only a handful of people, now 144,000 is a lot to us, but when you put that in the number that no man could number, that's right. That's a handful. Yeah. So he said, they sung a song nobody knew the words to. I bet they had to put it on the wall mm-hmm. for them to sing it. Don't you know there's some people that, uh, well, I don't think they'd want to leave at that point. Yeah. Then in chapter 5, or 15 rather, of Revelation, chapter 15 and verse 3. And they sang the song of Moses. That's old and amazing grace. Yeah. 
and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, King, thou King of the saints. Song of Moses, song nobody knew the words to, but a few people, and a new song. Mm-hmm. That was all going on in heaven. There's, there seemed to be a, a war among people today yes. in the church world, fighting over, well, that's not my song, that's not my style. Who cares? Right. If it glorifies God, right. then glorify God. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a preacher tell me here a few years ago, I was at a church and he said, this stubborn bunch is going to have the new songs, whether they want it or not. And I said to him, I said, brother, what's the difference in their stubbornness and yours? That's right. There's not a difference. It's not the style of music mm-hmm. that, that we're looking at here. It's the worship yeah. that we have. And if we're not careful, we can worship worship. Oh, easily, very and, easily, and get get involved in that. Well, let's get back to the temple here, for, before I get way out on that. But I just wanted to throw that in because it is part of worship. It is it part is. of getting together, and it is real. Now, Rob, I'm in a different church every week. Mm-hmm. Peggy and I've been evangelists for many, many, many years, and most of my ministry I have evangelized. And I'm a different church every Sunday, and there's different styles of music everywhere we go. And I'm here to tell you, I'm going to worship God. That's right. I'm going to worship. I'm not going to get hung up and miss out on praising God because of how God made me. Yeah. He made me to worship him. And I'm not going to miss out on that. That's right. Boy, the devil sure blinds people and caught. Well, I'm not going to go there, well, but they, they we just, need to. As, as a worship leader, speaking from experience, I don't do old songs because it tickles people's fancy. I do them because I like them for one, but also you understand that people connect with certain things and there's nothing wrong with doing a mixture in your services. But at the end of the day, no matter what's what's going on, like like you were saying, we are designed to worship God. Yes, we and if are. you can't worship to amazing grace, then I don't know how well you're going to do in heaven. But also if you can't, worship to the newest whatever song out that is biblically sound and doctrinal, mm-hmm. then I don't know how well you're going to do in heaven because it's going to be a long time of like you just said to us there of all types of different styles of, yeah. of, of songs. And, uh, and well, Rob, I remember as a kid coming up, we sung songs that, and, and they were old style that was no more scripture than you rise and fly. Yeah. There's nowhere in the Bible that said, build me a cabin in the corner of glory. Land. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, uh, and, it was good shouting and, yeah, song, though. <laughs> and people just loved it, boy. And they worshiped with it, but yeah. it didn't have no scriptural basis yeah. at all. And mama teaching angels how to sing. Yeah. That's a good touching song, but that's not, not scriptural. Right. Yeah. It's not scriptural at all. But anyway, chapter 7, Revelation chapter 7 and verse 15. He said, therefore, are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. Oh, watch this. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Here's the temple of God. And I love this. Let's let's back up and, and see who he's talking about. Verse 14. He said, and I said unto them, sir, thou knowest, he just asked, who is this bunch arrayed in white and garments and all that? These are they that come out of great tribulation, having washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. And they're worshiping God in God's temple. Now go to chapter 11 and verse 1. Chapter 11 of Revelation and verse 1. And there was given to me a a reed like a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise, measure the temple of God, 
and the altar and them that worship therein. Oh, mm. I got to stop right there. Here's two scriptures that's talking about people, people, saints worshiping in the temple of God. What does that mean? My family members, your family members that have preceded us in death, that were right with God, still go to the house of God in heaven. Mm. There is a church house there. Now watch this. We need to follow this all the way through, even if we go over time. Yeah. Here, chapter 11 and verse number 19. And the temple of God was open in heaven. Wow, that gives you a street address there. <laughs> the temple of God was open in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. There was lightning, voices, thundering, great earthquake, and great hail. When the scripture said judgment begins at the house of God, this is what he's referring to here. Hmm. This is the temple of God wow. in heaven. Now, chapter 14 and verse 7. Chapter 17, rather, I'm sorry. Chapter 14, verse 17. Another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven. He also having a sharp sickle. Boy, he, he nails it there. Chapter 15 and verse 8. And the temple was filled with the smoke of the glory of God. And from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Wow. Judgment begins yeah. at the house of God. Now then, chapter 16 and verse 1. I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your way, pour out the vows, the wrath of God upon the earth. Now chapter 16 and verse number 17. And the seventh angel poured out his vial in the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven. Boy, you, you can't deny this. There, it, it gives you just, and, and from the throne saying, it is done from the temple of God in heaven. Wow. All of these scripture here that we have been reading to you is the temple of God in heaven. It's the one that Moses saw to build the tabernacle after wow. the pattern that God had in heaven. Wow. Now then, since the veil has been torn to and the walls of partition have been broken down, yes. all the saints of God, women, men, children, whoever, yes. can enter into the temple. By the way, this temple is not heaven. He said the temple of God that was in heaven. Yes. This is not heaven. It is a part of heaven the temple of God. But what touches me so much is my mom and my dad. Mm. I have grandparents. They have preceded us in death. My dad was an old-time preacher. My mama was a great Bible teacher mm -hmm. and preacher of the Word. But I'm here to tell you, they still attend the house of God. And my, can you imagine what the choir must sound like, the yeah. angels giving glory and power to the king of kings. You know, I, I couldn't prove this, but I'd just like to let my mind wonder. I'd like to attend one service and just hear God's announcements. Mm -hmm. It'd yeah. probably go something like this. I visited Russia this week. I visited China. I was in South America. I was in, I was in Belize. I was all over the world. Mm -hmm. And maybe it gives a phenomenal number of people whose names 
he calls and everybody's there wow. in the house of God. Because I'm not one of these that believe that the soul sleeps yeah. at all. Yeah. There's too much in the word of God that says different. Absolutely. But anyway, they're, they're in the house of God. They're in the temple of God, worshiping and praising him. And, and before we run plumb out of time, then you understand what he's saying in chapter 21 when you get to the new heaven and the new earth. Because the first heaven and first earth was passed away. That's in chapter 21, verse 1, 2, and 3. But when you get to verse 22 of chapter 21, he's talking about the new heaven and new earth. He said, I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Wow. The temple of God in heaven no longer exists in the new heaven, new earth. And here's why. Because we will be living with God. Now, I'm here to tell you, Rob, there's something to this. God put emphasis on being in the house of God. Now, I know some people listen is not going to like this, but then destroy what I'm saying, but make sure you use the Bible to do it because I'm giving you word that says this is how God views it. That's right. This is what God said about it. He made a church in heaven. It's not whether you believe everything that's going on in church. It's not whether you agree with a preacher or not. If you're going to a church you don't agree with them, find you another one. Yeah. Find you another one that you agree with and you can worship God in spirit and in truth because that's how God made us. Hmm. God is a spirit and he put a spirit inside of us so we could connect with him. God is a spirit. They that worship him must, must worship him in spirit and in truth. No, we're not going to see eye to eye on every little thing that comes down the pike. Mm-hmm. But when I come to the house of God, I'm not going to worry about whether you agree with me or not. I want to know whether I'm pleasing God. What is yeah. it? Psalms 19 and verse 14. He said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. What he's saying there is, God, I want you to be happy with my worship. Mm. I want you to be pleased with my worship. Yeah. And in the house of God, from Genesis to Exodus, all the way through Moses, make me a tabernacle so they'll come to me. I can't walk with them because of their sin. Mm. But if they will come to me, they'll sanctify themselves and they'll come into the presence of God to worship God Mm. and then to receive of the Lord and carry it home with them. Yeah. So the more vessels that's filled with the presence of God, the more prominent that God is on this planet Earth. Wow. And you can go to third world countries, and when you get off the airplane, you can feel the oppression and the demonic that goes on there. Why? Because there's more vessels that are yielded their spirit to the powers of darkness Mm. than there is the power of God. But you and I come together to worship God. And when your soul and your spirit is saturated in the presence of God, then you take it back to your house. Mm -hmm. And if your family is lost without God, 
they're going to know something's different. Something's up. Something is happening inside of you because that's how God made us. Mm. And there is a temple in heaven. I gave several scripture here to yeah. prove that from the word of God. And those scriptures that talk about them that worship therein. Mm-hmm. When you go to chapter 7, that's not angels yeah. robed in white and palms in their hands. And they serve God in his temple day and night. Yeah, That was people. That's right. People. And so, you know, when we leave this world and go into the presence of God and we're there in the presence of God, uh, my, mm-hmm. just sitting in the presence of God, in the temple of God. And uh, so God did put emphasis mm. on going to church. Yeah. Whether we want to or not, he put emphasis on that. Yeah. And I think we really need to bear down on that because the enemy is destroying that Mm -hmm. in the minds of people. Absolutely. And I hear people say, well, it's all religion, it's religion, it's religion, it's religion. Yeah, it is. But the James said there's some good religion. That's right. Undefiled. That's right. So, you know, open your heart. Seek after God. If the church you're going to doesn't glorify God, the way you want to glorify God, find one that does. Mm. But if your church is glorifying God and you just have a problem, then you need to get before God and get the problem resolved Yeah, in you and say, I just come to glorify your name. Wow. That's wow. the temple of God. That is so good. <clears throat> I'm sitting there thinking of how many times I take it for granted just walking into the house of God, yes. you know. Um, and the true power of his people coming together. And, um, and we're, we're blessed to go to a wonderful church where God moves and God pours out his spirit. And sometimes you just kind of get wrapped up in the world or you get wrapped up into just the busyness of everything and you kind of take for granted. But, uh, but there's, a, there's a lightness that comes um, after going to service that you, when you've been in service with people, you know, and... Um, and it's and it's scriptural. Yes. This whole point is, and its whole point is not about me, and it's not about other people, but it's about him. Yes. If there's no churches available, mm-hmm. then there's countries where people have to hide out, house churches. Yeah. And I wanted to avoid using this scripture because it seems like this is the only scripture people use about identifying church. Mm-hmm. But I think I need to throw it in there. I was going to do this whole lesson without even using this scripture to show people the emphasis that God put on the temple. But in Hebrews 10 and 25, he said, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You know, Rob, when I first started preaching, hundred years ago, many of well, 54 years ago, I preached in old store buildings. Yeah. I preached brush arbors. I preached tent revivals. I preached on the street. Yeah, There wasn't a tabernacle there, but if there is one available, take advantage of it Yeah, because it is a light in your community. It is a light in the world. Yeah. 
And people look at that as a holy place, Mm -hmm. a holy place, a sanctuary, a place of safety. And it's a sanctuary because a bunch of temples get together there with the presence of God inside of them. I hope this blessed you today and give you some insight to what God thinks about church. Absolutely. Well, it encouraged me, and I pray that it encouraged you guys as well. Thank you for uh, tuning in this week. We pray God's biggest blessings over y'all, and y'all have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast this week. We pray it was a blessing to you. We pray that it encouraged you, that you were elevated in the word. Don't forget to check out Dean Caldwell Ministries on Facebook to keep up with all things that Brother Dean uh, is doing. You guys have a great rest of your week and God bless.